Hello and welcome to the hearth fire. May your troubles be less and your blessings be more and nothing but happiness comes through your door. I'm your host, Caitlin, or as I'm also known, the Ruta Druid. And this is Around the Earth Mother's Hearth, a podcast about modern shamanic living for healing yourself, your community, and our earth. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you decided to join me around Earth Mother's Hearth again this week. In this episode, I'm excited to share how I cultivated a relationship with my home and all the helping spirits who share space with me. We'll also discuss ways you can begin cultivating your relationships and tips to make your home vibe just right, especially with the holidays around the corner. As always, I'll have the resources linked in the show notes for your exploration of this topic. Hey, a few housekeeping things before we get started with today's episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review wherever you source your favorite podcasts. I don't advertise and rely mostly on recommendations from others to get this podcast and my other endeavors out to the public. If this passes the vibe check for you or anyone you may know, please pass it on. Also, between now and in bulk, or February 1st, all my psychic reading and divination services are 50% off. My goal is to work out any scheduling or communication kinks while we are resting this season. I offer different kinds of readings, including, but not limited to, tarot, rune, wheel of the year, chakra animal totem, shamanic rock divining, psychic and psychic pet communication. Browse through my services tab on my website to learn more. If you just want to chat or join my Renegade Learning Grove group, I can be found on Instagram and Facebook at The Rooted Druid, and my email is therootedruid at gmail.com. Home has always played a huge role in my life. I would imagine that's true for most of us. Home is where we rest. It's our safe place from the elements and other chaos. It's our cave of comfort. At least it should be. Home can be often ground zero for your personal war zone. Chaos of life can leave a physical mark on your cave of comfort, which contributes to feeling anxious, depressed, and or promote the strong need to run from your kitchen as fast as possible. But what if your home could transform from a disheveled mess that doesn't pass the vibe check to your own personal oasis of comfort? Guys, you really can. Through intentional decor, feng shui principles, and easy-to-keep-up rituals, your home can be your safe zone and a place to retreat from real life. But before I get into the juicy spells and stuff, I'd like to share with you my own journey with my home, Sylvia. Sylvia is a beautiful, magical, just my favorite place to be in the whole world. She's a sturdy, stick-built home with a basement nestled in the edge of our family farm next to those we love. Before Jake and I, Sylvia watched a family grow and was filled with what I can imagine was lots of love and laughter. We even still have some of the graffiti left by her former residence in the basement. 
Like all things, Sylvia's time with that family came to an end with the death of their patriarch. She went up for auction while Jake and I were in the middle of restoring another wonderful home in our nearby city. It wasn't an ideal time for us, but Sylvia was our deepest wish and she would fulfill a life goal Jake had for carrying on the work on the much bigger family farm next door. Our decision to bid on Sylvia was an important one and I wanted our efforts to be divinely supported. So I started doing some of my weird stuff. In the days that led up to the auction, I would walk to the property line with my in-laws adjoining my in-laws their property was adjoining and speak to the spirits of the land. We'll cover spirits of the land in another episode, I promise. But I made intentional efforts to appeal to the spirits of the land to speak with the spirit of our home. I would whisper to them all the things we wanted to do with our home and surrounding land. I sat and imagined what our life inside the home would look like and spoke of how it would feel to be relaxing on the couch while writing and crafting. I felt this step was important because Sylvia didn't know us. She didn't know my name, and I didn't know hers. We needed to be introduced, but because we did not possess the deed to the home, I was unable to go to her directly. Thankfully, our land spirit neighbors were very helpful with passing messages along. I kept up this routine until the day of the auction. On that day, I had the opportunity to meet Sylvia in person. It was so exciting and also nerve-wracking. That day, we would know without a doubt if the home wanted us to be her new caretakers or if Spirit had other plans for us. She welcomed us with open arms, and we won the auction. After celebrating in some wait time, the first thing I did was give Sylvia a good energetic clean. Every nook and cranny of our home was cleansed and smudging herbs, and I spoke to Sylvia during the whole renovation process. She was part of every decision we made. We always made sure to tell her in advance when we were making any changes. We were rewarded six months into the renovation with a whisper of her name in my ear, Sylvia. I laugh now because our home was a complete mess with all the different projects going on. And I remember randomly telling Jake, I need to come up in here tomorrow and clean. Sylvia doesn't like it when it's all messy here. I didn't know that this would be the beginning of one magical relationship. I want to take this moment to chat with you about types of household spirits you can invite into your home, or maybe they're already there and you just don't know them yet. Understanding who you have in your home can impact how you decorate. For example, if you have invited a brownie to live with you, you may want to have a place dedicated for them to stay and where you can place offerings for their services. Most of our ancient ancestors believed in nature, that nature had a conscience, or a consciousness, I'm sorry. When trees were cut down and other things from nature were used to build a home, the fairies or spirits linked to the landscape where the home was built, they would often become household spirits. This is why there's so many superstitions as to where you build your home. Our Scandinavian ancestors, for example, would say would stay the night at the site of a new home to see if evil spirits manifested. 
If the person slept peacefully, the home was built there. Other methods for inviting in household spirits involve ancestral work, and sometimes the darker tradition of burying a sacrificed member of the family in the foundation of the home itself, typically the chimney. Thankfully today, that tradition is not common, and we can invite our ancestors into our home to become helping household spirits through altars and rituals. That doesn't involve killing Aunt Cynthia. Depending on the culture and region, there are different types of household spirits outside of your helping ancestors. If you come from Scotland or an area heavily influenced by the Scottish, you may have more luck finding a local brownie. Brownies are gnome-like beings that help the women of the house with their chores while everyone else was sleeping. If you come from Russia or live in an area heavily influenced by Russian traditions, you may have the Domovoy, and I know I probably butchered that, and I'm so sorry. The Irish would have had the Benshi, C, T, I can't pronounce it either. The Germans, the Kobold, and the Swiss, the Jack and the Bull. Nearly every ancient culture had household gods and believed their ancestors also shared homes with them. Now, I wasn't entirely sure or familiar um, with household spirits when we began to engage Sylvia and our land in this intentional way. I had read some books about household spirits and have been doing ancestral work already, but it seemed like a natural progression. Besides, who doesn't love the idea of your home being protected by a variety of magical and mystical creatures? Excuse me, my throat was getting dry. Throughout the renovation process, I not only began to engage more directly with Sylvia, but also with other spirits who are around. I knew that there were some around, but I hadn't seen them yet. It can take a while to build a trusting relationship between our two species, so there was no rush on either end to become besties overnight. Smudge cleansing became a ritual every new and full moon. I laid out offerings for our local murder of crows and began building small fairy shelters with places to leave yummy offerings like honey or milk. I'll be honest, I didn't really know what I was doing to begin with, and most of my actions were intuitive or inspired by articles I've read in the past during my shamanic training. I just knew we weren't alone, and it was important I made a conscious effort to be respectful and understanding. A change in ownership in a home and renovations can cause quite the stir in the lives of our unseen friends. Because we were renovating the entire home to fit our needs, I had the opportunity to incorporate feng shui principles into the framework of our home. I understand not everyone wants to bust down walls or rearrange your layout to support good energetic flow, but there are things that you can do without all of that. A few things I did to establish good energetic flow in our home One of the first things I did was make sure that there were no mirrors in the bedroom. Lore is filled with stories of mirrors being gateways or portals to the other world. The last thing you need, the last thing I need, is some rando popping in to say hi in the dead of night while you're sleeping. 
keep those mirrors where they belong in the bathroom or pointing towards an outside door to reflect back any outside vibes you don't want to invite in. So the following information comes from the spruce.com, mostly verbatim because they did such a good job with the information and it's, I couldn't have done it better. So I'm just sharing. (laughs) Feng Shui uses the five element system, which comes from Taoist philosophy. This system looks at the cycles of nature, how they can work together in balance. The five elements are earth, metal, water, wood, and fire. Each element is associated with different qualities and associations you can use to enhance these qualities in your home. So for earth, the element is related to self-care, boundaries, and nourishment. It's connected to earthy colors like orange, yellow, and brown, as well as heavy objects and square shapes. I made sure all our decor had some element of orange and brown. Even a touch can bring it all together to support the earthy feel. The next element is metal. Metal has the qualities of joy, beauty, and precision. White, gray, and metallic colors, as well as circular shapes representing metal. We can add metal into our space by adding round, metallic planters, and metal light fixtures throughout our home. Water represents deep wisdom and a connection to others in the world. It's tied to black, very blue, and wavy shapes. We have dogs, so adding a water fountain in our home would have been a terrible idea, but I do have lots of essential oil diffusers I use regularly to support this element. Wood is related to growth, healing, and vitality. It is represented by green, blue, and teal, as well as tall, column-like shapes. Green houseplants are a great way to add the wood element to your home. I took it a step further with over 100 houseplants. Butcher block countertops and accenting our entire house with thrifted wood furniture. Fire represents passion, inspiration, and visibility. It is related to fiery colors like red and bright orange and triangle shapes. Light is also connected to the fire element. Lamps are a great way to add the fire element to your home. I personally love soft natural light and made sure we had plenty of soft lamps and electric fireplaces and vibrant reds throughout our home. Not only do you want to incorporate the elements into your home, you want to make sure important pieces are commanding position in each room. Excuse me, guys, I need to let the dog out. So sorry about that, guys. Zoe can be a real husky some days um so we were talking about feng shui now that you have the elements you want to incorporate these elements into your decor but you also want to make sure that important pieces are in commanding positions in each room for example it's important that your bed desk and stove are all in command since each of these items represent a significant aspect of your life Your bed represents you, your stove, your wealth, desk, your career, and life path. To place your bed, desk, or stove in command, you want to find a location in the room where the following is true. When you are sitting at your desk, lying in bed, or cooking, you can see the door without being directly in line with it. The idea behind this position is that you have a good view of anyone or anything that could be coming in through the door which helps you feel more at ease on a subconscious level. 
It also means you're more aware of potential opportunities that might be coming towards you. Each room also comes with their own sets of tips for good feng shui. For example, the entry is called the mouth of qi and is where the energy enters your space. <clears throat> it's also what people see. It's also what people see. I had to take a drink and then I got lost. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Outside of your home. So it represents your face to the world. You want to make sure this area is clean of key. Yeah. can So key can flow through easily. Sweep your, en your entry regularly and remember to wash your door. Um, I do this seasonally or as needed. Usually I do this when I'm changing decor over from spring to summer, summer to fall, winter, you know, all that. Um, you can also add a light fixture to the area to keep it bright and introduce the fire element. Living rooms are places to gather with family and friends, so they should feel cozy and welcoming. Comfortable seating for everyone in the home, plus a few guests, will encourage connection and conversation. Face chairs and sofa toward each other and try to keep the backs of the chairs from facing the door as much as possible. Healthy green plants can also be added to the living room as they add vital life force energy as well as the wood element. Our living room is painted a deep forest green with a soft seafoam green color. Um, it has lots of seating, soft lighting, and because I have an addiction, it's filled with Lots of plants. The kitchen is an important area in your home because it represents nourishment. One way to improve your kitchen feng shui is to ensure your refrigerator is clean and tidy. You will want to throw away any items that are no longer useful for you and compost as much as you can. Wipe down the insides with the intention of creating a space where you can nourish yourself. I personally hate, hate, hate with... A passion that burns with the fire of thousands of suns cleaning the fridge. But I also know it's an important aspect of the energetic flow in our home. So once a month when we do a big grocery trip, I'll spend time cleaning the fridge in preparation for new foods. Bathrooms by design have a lot of drains and can be a source of downward or depleting energy. To minimize this, it's a good idea to keep the bathroom door and toilet seat closed as much as possible. Since water represents the flow of wealth and money, you will want to prevent all of that wealth from flowing right down to the drain. We can't keep the bathroom shut because I have a pupper who drinks like a camel and splashes in her water like a deranged daughter. So their water bottle, water bowl is in the guest bathroom shower. It's honestly just cleaner that way. We do, however, keep the toilet seats down and I add selenite to each of our sinks to raise the vibrations. We mostly keep the toilet seats down because I read an article once that mentioned something about poop particles escaping the toilet and landing on your toothbrushes, which equally fascinated and grossed me completely out. Thus, the toilet remains closed when not in use. Finally... Your bed and bedroom represents you. So this is really important um, of an area to look at in feng shui. 
it's a wonderful area to start this process. You can make sure your bed is in a commanding position and then you want to check under your bed and clear any debris or storage and make sure all of that's cleared away. Under the bed is not an ideal space for storage because you spend a lot of passing t passive time resting or sleeping here. So anything underneath your bed can affect you energetically. If you need to store things under the bed, make sure you have soft bed-related items like sheets and blankets. Personally, I love having my bed on the floor or raised up on a platform so it's still easy to get into, but also connected to the earth for those good earth vibes. Jake and I incorporated all of these elements into our home, as well as a few additional things like adding crystals, wind chimes, regularly cleansing and cleaning routines, and the use of scents. There's honestly so much more you could do with feng shui, and so many additional resources out there. I'll add my resources in the notes section for you all to take a gander at it well, as well. Alright y'all, so your vibes attract your tribe. Creating a good flow of energy in your home is the foundation for your work with your house spirit and household spirits. You want to first create an atmosphere that is welcoming to higher vibrational energies and helping spirits. Not to say your messy room is going to attract a demon, but doesn't really pass the vibe check for spirits like brownies who prefer somewhat of a clean home. I recommend creating a routine that's easily manageable for you and other human helpers you have in the home. Pick a day to do various tasks. For example, Sunday is laundry day for us. It's the perfect day to relax, get all of our clothes, sheets, towels, and rugs ready for the busy week ahead. Your routine can look whatever, like whatever works for you. It's important to do what you can to keep your home tidy. The next important step is to decorate your home to match your interests. Too often we see these cookie cutter farmhouses on Pinterest or Instagram, but does it really reflect who you are and what you want to attract? Your home is an expression of yourself and your family. Put up that funky wallpaper that you love. Decorate with rocks or anything else that shows who you are. I have an entire curio cabinet filled with crafts I did as a child, dinosaur toys, books with myths I love. Is it silly? Yes, but it's me and it's who I am. I also have a lot of penis and vi vagina decor, guys. It's all over the place. Your choice of decor can be very powerful in setting the vibes for your home and making your home comfy and cozy. I really love curling up on the couch and coloring after a long day at work. To those... Actually, in more recent days, it's with my Nintendo Switch lights that I'm learning. So when I do get internet, maybe we can game together. But I really do love relaxing on the couch after a long day at work. So to make this an easier experience, I purposely put coloring books, pencils, and a notebook under the couch where I most often sit. My Nintendo lights on the table beside me. All I have to do is sit on the couch, lean over grab what I want to color, and honestly, this is perfect for these darker, colder days. Putting my coloring supplies in an easy-to-reach space, even decorating with these things, helps me stay focused on my priority of making my home the cave of comfort for me. 
So now that we have a firm foundation and good energetic flow in your home, it is time to focus on caring for the spirit of your home and inviting helpful spirits in. The first step would be to talk to your home and give your home a name. Most historic homes across the U.S. all have names. This is an ancient tradition that was passed down through generations that, until recent years, had continued. You don't have to name your house anything fancy. It could just be your last name and manor, estate, mansion, whatever. Our home chose the name Sylvia, and it's also the name I use most often. But our homestead is the Hall Homestead. And you can follow our farming efforts over at the Hall Homestead on Facebook and Instagram if you'd like. It's important to leave offerings for your home, especially before you start any renovations. This could be water, wine, beer, milk, mead, sweets, any portion of your dinner. As your relationship evolves, you will figure out what your home likes in terms of offerings. Sylvia prefers when the house is clean and smells good, so I'm very conscious about not leaving unnecessary junk out and always doing the dishes at night. She even has her own room in the home. Our spare bedroom is Sylvia's room. And after 9 p.m., her door gets shut to signify transitioning into a state of rest for herself and the rest of us. Of course, we don't have children, so this is doable for us. And if we do ever have someone in that room, Sylvia has agreed to compromise with this arrangement. This works for all of us now, though. In my opinion, it's important to form a relationship with your home first before inviting in household spirits, ancestors, or gods. You may choose to do this differently, and that's honestly completely up to you and spirits you interact with. For me, this was a natural process of how our relationships formed. I know at my house, we have ancestors, guardians, brownies, and other fae who share space with us. I feel it's important to acknowledge their presence, feed and care for them as well. Our ancestors, guardians, familiars, gods, the fae, protect and watch over us. As a side note, the fae can be tricky, so please engage with them carefully and responsibly. These helping spirits bring us blessings and aid in our magical workings when asked. Our relationship with our household spirits should be a two-way street. Feeding your household spirits is essential for relationship building. It may be best to set up an altar for them and provide offerings daily or weekly there. I personally have an altar specifically for my ancestors, my patron goddess, and the fae who choose to hang out around us. Providing offerings to feed their spirit and energy and shows your gratitude for all of their support. While ancestors will always protect us, whether we feed them or not, if we put in more effort into our relationship, their blessings on us grow tenfold. As for feeding and caring for household spirits like brownies, you'll need to research what offerings they like best traditionally. While ancestors may be fond of altars that are open and on display, brownies and household fae may prefer their own closed-off space. You can create a room for them in a linen closet or some other undisturbed cabinet. Clear off a shelf and put a small pillow, blankets, and other comfy object items for your brownie or elf to rest. Guardian spirits will often take up residence in a doll, statue, or other figure if invited in. 
Once they have taken up residence in this figure, clean it regularly, dress it in oils, give it offerings. That space will vary depending on the type of household spirit and your relationship with them. In our home, I have an ancestral altar that can be closed or open depending on the mood of our ancestors, what kind of mood that they're in that day. I feel this gives both parties the opportunity to rest if we need time for that. However, our ancestors are welcome anytime and they have access to our home when desired. I also have an altar in my bedroom dedicated to my patron goddess. She's depicted as a statue and her altar is completely open at all times. This works for us because of the nature of magical workings we do together. But your patron god or goddess may have other ideas of what type of altar they prefer. Our fae friends come and go as they please. Usually we have more friends visit during the colder months and less during the summer. I notice we have more activity when I bring plants back in the house in the fall to prepare for winter. I like to create nooks and crannies between my plants to house all my friends and keep them comfortable in their preferred area in the plants. It's nothing crazy or elaborate, but it's space they can call their own while they are staying with us. Plus, it makes my home feel super magical with all the mushrooms and cozy vibes. Your relationship with your home, ancestors, gods, and household spirits is truly what you make of it. Just like a relationship with a friend or loved one, those relationships take time, care, and nourishment. It takes time and effort, but you must be intentional about these relationships. Don't assume that the spirit of your house, ancestors, or gods will come sleeping in whenever you demand it if you're not putting forth the effort to put the relationship in with them. This means regular communication, offering, and gifts, and just plain acknowledgement of their presence. The more you connect with them, the more that they will help you, your magic, and your family. Before I leave you this evening, I do have a couple of spells and maybe some rituals that you could share or start incorporating into your home relationship to make your home more magically cozy. So the first spell or really floor wash is coming from Hoss Magic, Transform Your Home with Witchcraft by Erica Feldman, who is the house witch. So in her book, she has this cozy from the ground up floor wash. The ingredients are 10 drops of fur essential oil, 10 drops juniper berry essential oil, 5 drops orange essential oil, 13 drops tree agate essence, 85 grams or 3 ounces of sow suds or castile soap, 30 milliliters or one fluid ounce of vodka, and one bucket of warm water. Mix together the ingredients in the bucket of warm water and clean your floors with this mixture on a Sunday when the moon is in earth sign, Virgo, Capricorn, or Taurus. Sunday is ruled by the sun, ruler of strength and light. When combined with a tree agate stability and grounding, these energies will create a perfect balance of calm and contentment. Plus, your space will smell like a sweet walk through the woods in the winter, and that's perfect for this time of year. 
The scent of orange can lift the spirits and elevate your mood, whereas juniper calms the nervous system, helping to reduce anxiety, and fir can make you feel more confident. The next ritual comes from the house witch, your complete guide to creating a magical space with rituals and spells for hearth and home by Erin Murphy Hiscock. She's also the author of The Green Witch. So what I liked about this one is around this time of year, we're going to be spending a lot of time in the kitchen. At least most of us are. Cooking, um, not only meals for the family, but also treats for friends and lots of snacks. We're going to be eating a lot of snacks. So here's an example of how you can use washing your hands as a spiritual trigger to make whatever action that you are doing in the kitchen um, go from mundane to spiritual and add a little magic into your cooking process. So focus on being in the moment. Turn the water on and let it run over your hands. Visualize the water washing away any negative or undesired energy. Apply soap and wash your hands, keeping yourself in the moment. Notice how the soap feels on your skin and what the sensation of soapy skin over soapy skin feels like. Rinse the soap off. Take three deep, slow breaths, releasing any tension or stress you may be holding on to as you excel. Exhale. <laughs> Dry your hands with a clean cloth. If you'd like, you can say a small prayer that you create yourself or speak from the heart as you wash your hands. Thank you all for listening, and I hope this episode inspired you to begin forming relationships with your home and household spirits. It's been an incredible journey for me and my family. It's truly nice knowing we're not alone and we have others helping us keep our home our personal cave of comfort. If you'd like to chat more about this topic, please reach out through any of my socials or email. Our new moon topic this month is all about Yule and how you can covertly celebrate the holiday season as a pagan in a non-pagan environment. Blessed be.